part two chapter seven section one of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two chapter seven a meeting section one Bruginsky lived in his own house or rather his wife's in muravian street it was a wooden house of one story and there were no lodgers in it on the pretext of virginsky's name-day party about fifteen guests were assembled but the entertainment was not in the least like an ordinary provincial name-day party from the very beginning of their married life the husband and wife had agreed once for all that it was utterly stupid to invite friends to celebrate name-days and that there is nothing to rejoice about in fact in a few years they had succeeded in completely cutting themselves off from all society though he was a man of some ability and by no means very poor he somehow seemed to every one an eccentric fellow who was fond of solitude and what's more stuck up in conversation madame virginsky was a midwife by profession and by that very fact was on the lowest rung of the social ladder lower even than the priest's wife in spite of her husband's rank as an officer but she was conspicuously lacking in the humility befitting her position and after her very stupid and unpardonably open liaison on principle with captain lebyadkin a notorious rogue even the most indulgent of our ladies turned away from her with marked contempt but madame virginsky accepted all this as though it were what she wanted it is remarkable that those very ladies applied to irina prohorovna that is madame virginsky when they were in an interesting condition rather than to any of the other three accoucheuses of the town she was sent for even by country families living in the neighbourhood so great was the belief in her knowledge luck and skill in critical cases it ended in her practising only among the wealthiest ladies she was greedy of money feeling her power to the full she ended by not putting herself out for any one possibly on purpose indeed in her practice in the best houses she used to scare nervous patients by the most incredible and nihilistic disregard of good manners or by jeering at everything holy at the very time when everything holy might have come in most useful our town doctor rozanov he too was an accoucheur asserted most positively that on one occasion when a patient in labour was crying out and calling on the name of the almighty a free-thinking sally from arina prohorovna fired off like a pistol-shot had so terrifying an effect on the patient that it greatly accelerated her delivery but though she was a nihilist madame virginsky did not when occasion arose disdain social or even old-fashioned superstitions and customs if they could be of any advantage to herself she would never for instance have stayed away from a baby's christening and always put on a green silk dress with a train and adorned her chignon with curls and ringlets for such events though at other times she positively revelled in slovenliness and though during the ceremony she always maintained the most insolent air so that she put the clergy to confusion yet when it was over she invariably handed champagne to the guests it was for that that she came and dressed up and it was no use trying to take the glass without a contribution to her porridge bowl the guests who assembled that evening at virginsky's mostly men 
had a casual and exceptional air there was no supper nor cards in the middle of the large drawing-room which was papered with extremely old blue paper two tables had been put together and covered with a large though not quite clean tablecloth and on them two samovars were boiling the end of the table was taken up by a huge tray with twenty-five glasses on it and a basket with ordinary french bread cut into a number of slices as one sees it in genteel boarding-schools for boys or girls the tea was poured out by a maiden lady of thirty arina prohorovna's sister a silent and malevolent creature with flaxen hair and no eyebrows who shared her sister's progressive ideas and was an object of terror to virginsky himself and domestic life there were only three ladies in the room the lady of the house her eyebrowless sister and virginsky's sister a girl who had just arrived from petersburg arina prohorovna a good-looking and buxom woman of seven-and-twenty rather dishevelled in an everyday greenish woollen dress was sitting scanning the guests with her bold eyes and her look seemed in haste to say you see i am not in the least afraid of anything miss virginsky a rosy-cheeked student and a nihilist who was also good-looking short plump and round as a little ball had settled herself beside arina prohorovna almost in her travelling clothes she held a roll of paper in her hand and scrutinized the guests with impatient and roving eyes virginsky himself was rather unwell that evening but he came in and sat in an easy-chair by the tea-table all the guests were sitting down too and the orderly way in which they were ranged on chairs suggested a meeting evidently all were expecting something and were filling up the interval with loud but irrelevant conversation when stavrogin and verhovensky appeared there was a sudden hush but i must be allowed to give a few explanations to make things clear i believe that all these people had come together in the agreeable expectation of hearing something particularly interesting and had notice of it beforehand they were the flower of the reddest radicalism of our ancient town and had been carefully picked out by virginsky for this meeting i may remark too that some of them though not very many had never visited him before of course most of the guests had no clear idea why they had been summoned it was true that at that time all took pyotr stepanovitch for a fully authorized emissary from abroad this idea had somehow taken root among them at once and naturally flattered them and yet among the citizens assembled ostensibly to keep a name-day there were some who had been approached with definite proposals pyotr verkovensky had succeeded in getting together a quintet amongst us like the one he had already formed in moscow and as appeared later in our province among the officers it was said that he had another in x province this quintet of the elect were sitting now at the general table and very skilfully succeeded in giving themselves the air of being quite ordinary people so that no one could have known them they were since it is no longer a secret first liputin then virginsky himself then shigalov a gentleman with long ears the brother of madame virginsky lyamshin and lastly a strange person called tokachenko a man of forty who is famed for his vast knowledge of the people especially of thieves and robbers he used to frequent the taverns on purpose though not only with the object of studying the people and plumed himself on his shabby clothes 
tarred boots and crafty wink and a flourish of peasant phrases lyamshin had once or twice brought him to stepan trofimovitch's gatherings where however he did not make a great sensation he used to make his appearance in the town from time to time chiefly when he was out of a job he was employed on the railway every one of these fine champions had formed this first group in the fervent conviction that their quintet was only one of hundreds and thousands of similar groups scattered all over russia and that they all depended on some immense central but secret power which in its turn was intimately connected with the revolutionary movement all over europe but i regret to say that even at that time there was beginning to be dissension among them though they had ever since the spring been expecting pyotr verhovensky whose coming had been heralded first by tokachenko and then by the arrival of shigalov though they had expected extraordinary miracles from him and though they had responded to his first summons without the slightest criticism yet they had no sooner formed the quintet than they all somehow seemed to feel insulted and i really believe it was owing to the promptitude with which they consented to join they had joined of course from a not ignoble feeling of shame for fear people might say afterwards that they had not dared to join still they felt pyotr verhovensky ought to have appreciated their heroism and have rewarded it by telling them some really important bits of news at least but verhovensky was not at all inclined to satisfy their legitimate curiosity and told them nothing but what was necessary he treated them in general with great sternness and even rather casually this was positively irritating and comrade shigalov was already egging the others on to insist on his explaining himself though of course not at virginsky's where so many outsiders were present i have an idea that the above-mentioned members of the first quintet were disposed to suspect that among the guests of virginsky's that evening some were members of other groups unknown to them belonging to the same secret organization and founded in the town by the same verhovensky so that in fact all present were suspecting one another and posed in various ways to one another which gave the whole party a very perplexing and even romantic air yet there were persons present who were beyond all suspicion for instance a major in the service a near relation of virginsky a perfectly innocent person who had not been invited but had come of himself for the name-day celebration so that it was impossible not to receive him but virginsky was quite unperturbed as the major was incapable of betraying them for in spite of his stupidity he had all his life been fond of dropping in wherever extreme radicals met he did not sympathize with their ideas himself but was very fond of listening to them what's more he had even been compromised indeed it had happened in his youth that whole bundles of manifestos and of numbers of the bell had passed through his hands and although he had been afraid even to open them yet he would have considered it absolutely contemptible to refuse to distribute them and there are such people in russia even to this day the rest of the guests were either types of honourable amor propre crushed and embittered or types of the generous impulsiveness of ardent youth there were two or three teachers of whom one a lame man of forty-five a master in the high school was a very malicious and strikingly vain person and two or three officers of the latter one very young artillery officer who had only just come from a military training school 
a silent lad who had not yet made friends with anyone turned up now at virginsky's with a pencil in his hand and scarcely taking any part in the conversation continually made notes in his notebook everybody saw this but everyone pretended not to there was too an idle divinity student who had helped lyamshin to put indecent photographs into the gospel woman's pack he was a solid youth with a free and easy though mistrustful manner with an unchangeably satirical smile together with a calm air of triumphant faith in his own perfection there was also present i don't know why the mayor's son that unpleasant and prematurely exhausted youth to whom i have referred already in telling the story of the lieutenant's little wife he was silent the whole evening finally there was a very enthusiastic and tousle-headed schoolboy of eighteen who sat with the gloomy air of a young man whose dignity has been wounded evidently distressed by his eighteen years this infant was already the head of an independent group of conspirators which had been formed in the highest class of the gymnasium as it came out afterwards to the surprise of every one i haven't mentioned shatov he was there at the farthest corner of the table his chair pushed back a little out of the row he gazed at the ground was gloomily silent refused tea and bread and did not for one instant let his cap go out of his hand as though to show that he was not a visitor but had come on business and when he liked would get up and go away kirillov was not far from him he too was very silent but he did not look at the ground on the contrary he scrutinized intently every speaker with his fixed lustreless eyes and listened to everything without the slightest emotion or surprise some of the visitors who had never seen him before stole thoughtful glances at him i can't say whether madame virginsky knew anything about the existence of the quintet i imagine she knew everything and from her husband the girl student of course took no part in anything but she had an anxiety of her own she intended to stay only a day or two and then to go on farther and farther from one university town to another to show active sympathy with the sufferings of poor students and to rouse them to protest she was taking with her some hundreds of copies of a lithographed appeal i believe of her own composition it is remarkable that the schoolboy conceived an almost murderous hatred for her from the first moment though he saw her for the first time in his life and she felt the same for him the major was her uncle and met her to-day for the first time after ten years when stavrogin and verkovensky came in her cheeks were as red as cranberries she had just quarrelled with her uncle over his views on the woman question end of part two chapter seven section one recording by expatriate in bangor maine